Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, July 10th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, as always, we are going to start out with some MLB news and the quick highlights from the last week. In the battle for Texas, which ended on Monday, the Houston team ended up getting the last laugh. The Astros beat the Rangers 12 to 11. But it wasn't always that close. The Astros actually had an eight-run lead in the fourth before blowing it and letting the Rangers take the lead in the eighth. But the Strohs put up two in the ninth to finish the game and take the series three to one. The Braves won nine in a row after beating the Guardians on Monday, but that streak would end the very next game. The Braves lost in 10 to Cleveland in that game. The Dodgers beat the Pirates 5-2, but that was noteworthy because it was their manager's Roberts' 700th win. On Tuesday, the Cubs took the Brewers to 11 to get their win, but thanks to left fielder Hap with two killer throws to plate, and the Chicago team wins. The Mets pitcher Scherzer won his sixth straight game. This one was over the Diamondbacks 8-5. to The Phillies beat the American League leader Rays 3-1, which totals 10 straight away game wins. The A's versus the Tigers game went 10 innings, but the A's only won 1-0. Talk about a super boring game after 10 innings only getting one run out of that. However, their next game the next day was the exact opposite, with the A's putting the hammer down, winning 12-3. The Cardinals only had one error in their game against the Marlins, but it was costly as it was in the ninth to give the Marlins the win by one. The Twins pitcher Pablo Lopez had his 
first career shutout with 12 strikeouts as they beat the Royals 5-0. to zero. The Padres swept the Angels and kept Otani under control. The Mets only had one out left when Francisco Alvarez hit a home run to tie their game against the Diamondbacks when they had a single and a triple, which sealed the W. The Reds better thank Chanzel for their W against the Nationals on Thursday as he saved a run in the ninth and then hit a home run in the 10th to win 5-4. to four. The A's got shut out by the Tigers 9-0, to zero, and that was their 10th shutout of the season. Yikes. The White Sox and Blue Jays game went 0-0 till the 11th inning. Then George Springer hit a single to bring in their first run of six in that inning. The White Sox tried to rally, putting up two, but that was still four shy for the win. Also going into the 11th inning, the Phillies beat the Rays for their fifth loss in a row that is a season's worst for one of the top teams in the league and then the Yankees were a bit on a were a bit on a hot streak coming into Thursday's game against the Orioles but that ended emphatically with the Baltimore team putting up 14 to 1. Continuing on, a big series began Friday between the two teams with the best record in the MLB, the Rays, and the new leaders, the Braves. The Braves took the first two games 2-1 to one and 6-1, to one, but then the Raves fought back to avoid the sweep, winning Sunday 10-4. to four. The Phillies beat the Marlins 4-3 to to add another win to their road streak, which then sat at 13. This ties the most in franchise history. However, that would be the last as they went on to lose the next two to the Tampa Bay team. The Rangers took game one of the series against the Nationals 7-1. to That was the fifth straight loss for the Washington team, but they bounced back to take the next two games to win the series and stop their skid. The Diamondbacks stopped their four-game skid as well by beating the Pirates 7-3. to The Mets won six in a row, beating the Padres 7-5 to on Friday before dropping the next two to lose the series. Mookie Betts hit two home runs in the Dodgers' win over the other L.A. team, the Angels. That was two of five runs hit in by that team that night. The Tigers had three pitchers to combine for a no-hitter against the Blue Jays, which that was just their second time that had happened to them all season. Then the next day, Mookie Betts back in the headlines the very next night as he tied the MLB record with the 10th leadoff home run. The Dodgers swept the Angels in the Los Angeles series, which was split up over a couple of different weeks, but that is the verdict there. Nationals' Joey Menzies home runs for the third consecutive day in a row with their win over the Rangers on Sunday. The Red Sox end their week sitting at five straight wins going into the All-Star break. The Rays lost seven in a row before beating the Braves the last night, last night, 10 to four. Quite a way to fall for the MLB leading team. Royals pitcher Yarbrough is back from a fractured from a facial fracture to get the W for the Royals over the Guardians, their first in six games. Then despite getting 11 hits, the Tigers lost to the Blue Jays on Sunday in a close one that went to 10 innings. And then the Orioles put up 15 runs against the Twins with six home runs on Sunday. 
Hopefully that gave you a lot of headlines going over the last week. Also, that coming out of last week, Altuve from the Astros and Mike Trout from the Angels are both injured. That's another one we wanted. I wanted to make sure to mention. LSU also tops the draft with the first pair of teammates to go number one and number two. Pitcher Paul Skeens and outfielder Dylan Cruz went to the Pirates and the Nationals, respectively. Skeens was the first pitcher to go number one since 2018. This was also only the third time in history that a school had multiple top three picks in the same year. The only other two schools that have that in their name were UCLA in 2011 and Arizona State in 1978. It is the first time that teammates have gone one-two. Also, the Yankees have fired their hitting coach, Dylan Lawson, after their loss to the Cubs on Sunday. They lost 7-4. to This is unusual for the New York team, who typically prides itself on stability throughout the season. They do have the worst batting average in the league, though, and they hired Sean Casey today. I do have a little bit of basketball news this week as well. Thanks to my basketball correspondent, Brian. He also mentioned that there will be an in-season tournament that was announced this week weekend. So in the middle of the season, we will basically have these elevated games where you will play everyone in your division along with a couple other teams. So broken out into groups and then every game except the championship game will count towards your regular season standings. So you'll play everybody in your group, very similar to soccer. Then you'll go into elimination tournament rounds. All games are are in elimination or single elimination and the finals would be in Las Vegas in December. What's really cool about this is that the winning team gets a $500,000 bonus for each player. It's also noteworthy that this event will also be in Las Vegas, which looks like it might be the landing spot for a team if we are to expand the NBA as well. Also, Wemby started his first game on Friday in, guess where, Las Vegas. (laughs) So he started for the Spurs in the Summer League. Oh, and also on the same day, he also, his security hit Britney Spears, or at least made her hit herself with her own hand in the face. I kid you not, I have the link to the tweet that has the video on the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, so please be sure you check that out. So hope you enjoyed watching him in the summer league though, because actually officially as of today, he is done in huge football news. Northwestern's head coach patch Fitzgerald has been suspended for two weeks for alleged hazing. Now that will begin this Friday and will be served over the next two weeks. However, Preseason practices do not begin until August. So while I don't know the extent of the hazing allegations, pretty sure two weeks in the middle or at the beginning of July doesn't make a whole lot of sense and isn't super punitive, but other punishments are being considered. Um, There also will be other measures that will be in place, like a monitor in the locker room that does not report to the head coach or their staff. It will also be mandatory for everyone to attend hazing trainings, which I know I thoroughly enjoyed not when I was in college. Um, however, while I was writing the blog post this uh, today, I actually, it was breaking news that they have officially fired Fitz from Northwestern. So he has been the head coach for the Wildcats since 2006. And then before that was a well-decorated player for them. So this is a huge loss for a program that has been very stable. 
and goes into the transition that is now happening in the Big Ten as well. Also in other football news, Tom Brady lost $30 million in the collapse of the crypto company FTX. He was paid in what is now worthless stock. And then to add insult to injury, FTX is suing their celebrity endorsers for repayment. This includes high profile names like obviously Tom Brady, his then wife, Giselle Bündchen, Shaq, Larry David, who made Seinfeld, Naomi Osaka, and Steph Curry. Lots of golf news this week as Sepp Straka won the John Deere Classic thanks to a stellar final round where he was actually on 59 watch until the final hole where he carded a double bogey. This was his second win on the PGA Tour along with his other win, which was at the Honda Classic last year. He took the title by two strokes and it didn't look like the Austrian would take the title after round one as he opened with a 73, but rallied in his next three rounds going 63, 65, and then that quote unquote disappointing 62. All right. So I don't usually cover the LPGA, but there were a number of headlines from this week. So I definitely feel like I should. And it was also a major championship week for the LPGA. So starting with, it is the U.S. Women's Open and it was at Pebble Beach, the legendary course this week for the first time ever. The week started all about Amy Olson, who was competing at Pebble Beach seven months pregnant. Also, another big brom that was dropped was that Michelle Wee West announced that this would be her final tournament of her career. So as one Hawaiian leaves the sport, another enters. As a Hawaiian, Allison Corpas won her first ever LPGA title, and it was her first major in women's history at this legendary course. Allison earned it as she was the only golfer to have scores under par for all four rounds. Her final score of nine under was three shots ahead of the next person. Australian Cameron Smith is going to defend his Open Championship in two weeks after winning this week's live event in London. He was three shots clear of the field going into the third and final round before Patrick Reed and Mark Leishman cut that lead down to one. However, it was still enough to win his second event on the live tour. Then we also, you know that there's going to be some kind of news as it was track and field nationals this week. And obviously I followed like no one's business. So that's why I'm here. And the major headline, if I could only tell you about one, it would be this one. Shakari Richardson put on a clinic, winning the 100-meter dash in 10.82 seconds, two years after she won at U.S. Trials, but before she got banned for a doping violation. She actually got on the track on the starting line, whipped off her orange weave for braids and all business on that starting line. She continued business after the race as well, admitting to interviewer Lewis Johnson that last time she stood here, she wasn't ready for the moment. Personally, she is not my favorite athlete ever, but I do love a comeback story. And I love that she said, I'm not back. I'm better. So she definitely feels like she is ready for this moment. She definitely took it seriously. And even though there was a little bit of showmanship, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I will say I'm, I'm thoroughly excited to see what she's going to do. And it will be a 
awesome matchup with the Jamaicans at Worlds. She also made the 200-meter team as well, but she did lose to Olympian Gabby Thomas. Gabby Thomas took the title, setting the world leading time of 21.60. 19-year-old Ariane Knighton won the men's 200-meter dash with Noah Lyles already having a bye into Worlds in this event. Fred Curley also lost his first race of the year, getting fourth, but he does have a bye in the 100-meter dash anyway. Then moving on to the quarter mile, Sydney McLaughlin Lavroni. That is a new last name that she's added since uh, since I usually talk about her. But yeah, she has been married since then, so she holds the world record in the 400 hurdles. But we saw her set the world leading time in the 400 meter dash. So she will be leading that team in that event this time. The men's 400-meter hurdles will be another matchup between Norwegian Karsten Warholm and United States Rye Benjamin. Both went under world record pace in Tokyo, so we expect that to be a great matchup at Worlds as well. Cordell Tinch was by far one of the biggest stories of U.S. Nationals. Last year, he was a cell phone salesman, and this year is a D2 champion in three events and is now representing the United States in the 100-meter 10 hurdles as he got second. He also got fifth in the long jump. Grant Holloway also had a bye in the 110s as well. And just when you think track isn't a content contact sport you have got to watch this men's 800 meter final no one was dq'd but a flag did go up and it but it was still something crazy even the announcers were like what is happening in this 800 that is two laps and there were elbows flying bryce hopel won that race ryan krauser reigning olympic champ won the shot put but upset was that joe kovacs actually got Fourth. He may not be left at home though, as Krauser has a buy into Worlds. So we'll have to see who gets the world um, world qualifying standard uh, time. Actually, in this length, it's uh, its length. And if Krauser has that buy, then we should be able to get Kovacs in. So what I mean by a buy into Worlds, if you are the reigning world champion, you automatically get a bid to defend your world title. So you don't have to compete in U.S. nationals. Some athletes choose to just because it's good training and it's obviously very high competition. However, you still make the team even if you don't actually get through the um, the field. So, for example, Grant Holloway went through. He ran set, uh, prelims in semis and the 110s, and then he has a bye in the 110-meter hurdles because he is reigning world champ. So those athletes are in the men hun- men's 100, Fred Curley. The men's 200, Noah Lyles. The men's 400, Michael Norman. The women's 800, a thing Mo. The men 110 hurdles is Grant Holloway. The women's 400-meter hurdles, Sydney McLaughlin. We don't know if she will do that, however. The women's pole vault, Katie Najette. The men and women's shot put, Ryan Krauser and Chase Ely. And the women's hammer, Brooke Anderson. Those are guaranteed in at Worlds. That also means you get four competitors in those events as well, compared to the normal standard, which is three. So that wraps up U.S. Nationals. Obviously, you know, this is a huge point for me. So sorry, I went into a really big depth, but 
it's worth noting. Also, one of the crazy storylines was in the 3,000 meter steeplechase for the men. The winner, Rook, actually fell and then it like literally within six laps of the final um, of the bell lap and got up to win. It was absolutely a crazy comeback story. So be sure you check that out. In other Olympic news, no one will shed a tear over this one, but Larry Nasser was stabbed multiple times by another inmate in Florida and was taken to the hospital. This is the second time he has been attacked in prison. The first time was at his original sentencing in Tucson. Then he was relocated to Tampa, and now he will be likely relocated again. Danish cyclist Johan Vindegaard is winning the Tour de France as of right now, but only by 17 seconds over our favorite, favorite Slovenian Tadej Podočka. So they have two minute lead over the rest of the pack as we are reaching the halfway point. It also is Wimbledon is in full swing, and so it is set to end this weekend, and the corner finals have been set. Starting with the women's side, Poland's Iga Swiatek is still in despite a hard fourth-round battle with Benchik where the match went into tiebreakers in the first two sets. There are actually still two Americans in, Jessica Pagula and Madison Keys. Pagula should meet Svitek in the semifinals unless there's an upset as both women play a unranked opponent left, the only two actually unranked opponents left in the tournament on the women's side. Madison Keys, though, has to play Belarusian Sabalenka on Wednesday to advance to the semifinals, which would be a huge upset. Sabalenka is ranked is ranked number two versus Madison Keys is 25. But the quarterfinal to watch will be on Wednesday, Jabauer versus Rabikina. So get ready for that. As far as other Americans, Sloane Stevens lost in the second round. Vanessa Williams lost in round one. And Coco Goff fell to a fellow American also in round one on the men's side Spaniard number one Alcarez will face Denmark's number six rune on Wednesday and it wasn't a cakewalk for either one for the Spaniard especially to get out of the quarterfinals he had to play extra sets in his last two matches to make it there and the Russians, man, have just really thrived at Wimbledon this year. Number three, Medvedev will take on the only American left in Christopher Eubanks. Eubanks and Russians Safulin are the only unranked opponents left in the tournament. Safulin plays Italian center tomorrow. And number seven, Russian <laughs> Rublev, will try to stop number two, Djokovic's, Djokovic's record-breaking Grand Slam attempt. Both Rublev and Djokovic had a hell of a matchup in the fourth round. Djokovic dropped a set and had two others go to tiebreakers while Reblev, Rublev played the full five with only two ending in a six game win. That wraps up what happened over the last week. Now let's go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. And this week is a little bit of a weird week in the MLB because tonight is the Home Run Derby. That started at about 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. Tomorrow will be the All-Star Game, the American League versus the National League. They will play at 7 p.m. on Fox. Then obviously there is a bit of a break as it is obviously called the all-star break. Also, we don't have any other MLB games until Friday when you can catch two on Apple TV plus Saturday. We're back to regularly scheduled programming with the guardians at the Rangers at three Oh five on Fox sports one. 
at 6.15 on Fox, you can either catch the White Sox at the Braves or the Dodgers at the Mets. And then on Sunday, the Giants take on the the Pirates again at 11.05 on Peacock. And the Astros take on the Los Angeles Angels at 6 on ESPN. In the golf world, Thursday, catch the Genesis Scottish Open round one at 8.30 a.m. on Golf Channel. Only reason why I bring this up is a lot of people go over early to compete in the Scottish Open and because the British Open, or a.k.a. the Open, is next week. So that's why a lot of people go over a week early, spend the week in Scotland, getting accustomed to the time change, and then go on to compete in the Open. So that is why the Genesis Scottish Open is on the podcast. Also for the PGA tour, it is another, or it is the Barbasol championship for round one that can be watched at four on golf channel. Same goes for Friday for round two, Saturday, catch the Scottish open at round three at 10 AM on golf channel. Barbasol round three comes on at one 30 on NBC and flips over to golf channel at four. Then the Genesis Scottish open final round at 10 AM on golf channel and the Barbasol final round again at one 30 on NBC and four o'clock on golf. For Olympic sports this week, it is a whole lot of Tour de France. So on Monday, stage nine, you can catch all of these at 1 a.m. on USA. Tuesday's a break. Wednesday, catch stage 10 at 1 a.m. on USA. Thursday will be stage 11. Friday will be stage 12. Saturday will be stage 13. And Sunday, catch stage 14. But also, we will have a stage recap at 12.30 p.m. on NBC. So that'll be on normal time for us and normal channel. I also want to go ahead and cover soccer this week because this week we do have the CONCACAF semifinals on Wednesday. The United States takes on Panama at 6.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. And then semifinal number two, Jamaica takes on Mexico at 9. On Saturday, you can catch the MLS Atlanta United versus Orlando, Atlanta United versus Orlando City at 6.30 on Fox Sports 1. And Sunday, is the CONCACAF final at 6.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. For tennis, Monday, Wimbledon round of 16 at 5 a.m. on ESPN 2 and then at 7 a.m. on ESPN. Then Tuesday, quarterfinals, everything at 7 a.m. Starting at 7 at ESPN and ESPN 2. Quarterfinal day two on Wednesday at seven on ESPN and ESPN two Thursday semifinals of the Wimbledon at 7 a.m. on ESPN Friday semifinals day two at 7 a.m. on ESPN and finally finals day one for the women's individual will be Saturday at 8 a.m. on ESPN followed by the men's final on Sunday at 8 a.m. on ESPN. That wraps it up for me this week. Like always, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more stories and, of course, links to those crazy videos. Hope you guys didn't mind that I babbled on about track and field for too long as we've got nationals that ended and worlds coming up. Swimming Worlds actually begins this week, but no finals. But I will catch you all next week for the weekly update. <laughs>